Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on November 23rd, 2022. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department. And today I'm looking forward to catching up with my colleague, Larby Mumni. Larby is a portfolio manager and a senior equity specialist with the firm. And today we will be talking about dividends. Welcome back to the Advantage Investor, Larby. I hope you're doing well today. Yeah, great to be back, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to discussions. Uh, dividends can be an important part of any investor's portfolio or investment portfolio. And and uh, there's obviously a few reasons why that is. So let's jump right in. And we'll start basics, I guess. Um, why should folks consider dividend-paying stocks? Uh, that's a good question, Chris. I mean, there's there's many reasons. I mean, for one, dividends are a stream of income from one's uh, equity portfolio, Dividends are usually paid in cash, and that cash is deposited directly in investment accounts. Um, and so for folks that have an allocation to stocks, uh, dividends are a good stream of income from, from there. Dividends also enjoy preferential tax treatment. So in Canada, dividend income benefits from the federal dividend tax credit, meaning investors get to keep more of their income after tax. That's for Canadian dividend-paying stocks, though, right? That's right. If if we were to compare this to say bonds, income from bonds is taxed at an individual's highest marginal tax rate, just like wage income would. And so that tax rate is higher than what dividends would get taxed at. Okay. And the, the obviously, other- obviously though, Larby, we want to say for our compliance friends, we are not tax experts. So always consult your uh, tax professional there. Definitely, uh, of course, talk talk to a tax specialist on uh, on that. But you know, the the other reason to consider dividend paying stocks is that over a long period of time, dividends have shown that they can enhance portfolio returns with less volatility. So, when you look at a long term chart comparing dividend stocks versus the overall stock market, dividend stocks perform in line to better than the market over a long period of time. Uh, but they've proven to be less volatile at the same time. And and when we talk about volatility here, we're talking about those unpredictable, sharp price movements or fluctuations in price either up or down. So dividend stock prices are not as volatile as the overall market. And even when we look at returns for so far this year, dividends stocks, I mean, you know, they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, returns were more or less in line with the market, but they've been less volatile. And, and this is perhaps our, our last and most important po- point. History shows that over the long run, dividends play a crucial role in overall stock returns, making up a large proportion of total returns. So we looked at market returns over the past 37 years. The S&P TSX has increased 8.3% per year on average. And of that 8.3%, 2.8% came from dividends, which is the equivalent to one third of overall stock returns. So dividends had a fairly sizable impact on an investor's portfolio return from stocks. So, you know, you get your stream of income from, from, from equities, you get the preferential tax treatment. You get, you know, 
less volatility, and at the same time, in the long term, uh, a lot of your returns will tend to come from dividends. There's probably a couple reasons for that, I'd assume. One, um, dividend payers tend to be large established companies, so they're more likely to survive any economic turmoil, I guess. Um, And the other thing is, um, perhaps the best way to put this is you get paid to wait. So I think people invest in equity to um, get those capital gains. But when you invest in a dividend stock, when capital gains aren't necessarily there, you're paid to wait, if you will, because you still receive uh, those dividends. Is that is that are those fair statements? Absolutely. I mean, on that first point, I mean, the, the you know companies that are more likely to pay dividends, like you mentioned, they're typically more mature companies that generate strong cash flows. So dividends are not only a great insight into the health of the company, but dividend growth in particular is a good indicator of the future strength of of the business. Right. Now, Larby, life is not without risks, and certainly investing has uh, its share of risks. So maybe let's just go over some of the quick risks involved in dividend investing. Yeah, Chris, I mean, definitely speak with, you know, for listeners out there, speak with, you know, your financial advisors just to determine if dividend stocks fit your risk tolerance profile. Because, I mean, while I have highlighted the positives with dividend investing, I'll also caveat that with a couple of things. I mean, first, there is the inherent volatility that comes with buying stocks and stocks as an asset class are far more volatile than say bonds. And secondly, the dividends themselves can also be volatile. Um, you know, companies are obligated to pay a dividend and can either stop or reduce them at any time. So just like dividends can be increased over time, companies can also cut their dividend distribution, especially if they need to preserve their cash flows. So you know, these are things that folks out there need to keep in mind uh, and speak more about with their financial advisors. Excellent. Now, um, when you're looking at dividend stocks, is it as simple as looking for the highest yields or, you know, what type of dividend stocks should investors buy? And, and I know that's a loaded question, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a good question because we'll, we'll often see investors making a big mistake when they select their dividend stocks. More often than not, investors will just go with the stocks that offer the highest dividend yields. And usually that's a mistake because a a very high dividend yield signals that the dividend is not sustainable and often can get cut when the yield rises above a certain threshold, say above 10%. So we think investors need to focus on those companies that deliver consistent dividends and better yet, those that consistently and sustainably can grow their dividends over time rather than just those with the highest yields. And we did a lot of analysis on this. We broke out stocks into different groups, including your high dividend growers, your high dividend yielders, and companies that do not pay a dividend at all. So we put them in three categories and found that companies with the highest dividend growth rates deliver the highest total returns. And on top of that, with less risk since we found these stocks were less volatile than the overall market and less volatile than the high yielding stocks and stocks that do not pay dividend at all. So all else equal, if if we have a risk and return goal and maybe less need for income today, meaning you can invest for a long period of time, say your time horizon is over 10 to 15 years, then dividend growth can give investors 
more return by taking less risk. So, so we think it best to focus on those companies that consistently grow their dividends over time rather than uh, just those with the highest yields. Makes sense. Now, are there specific companies investors should be looking at to, uh, when they're looking for these dividend stocks? Is there an advantage in any particular industry or sector? Yeah. So within the uh, portfolio advisory team, I mean, across all of our portfolio strategies, our bias is towards quality businesses in general, whether these uh, companies pay a dividend or not. And, you know, listeners of, of the podcast, uh, you know, would have heard Nadim Kassam, our head of investment strategy, talk a lot about uh, quality and focus on quality businesses. But there are specific characteristics that we look at that tell us whether we're looking at a quality business. And here we're looking for businesses that have a durable competitive advantage, or as Warren Buffett would put it, a moat around the castle. Uh, we look at the growth opportunities, whether these companies are expanding to new markets, launching new products, you know, investing in their sales and marketing. Then we look at the strength of the management team. Have they been consistent with their strategy? Do they have a good track record? And we look at the company's financial profile. In particular, we're looking at things like margins, free cash flow generation, leverage, all in comparison to the company's peers. And then we assess how the company has allocated capital over the years. So have they acquired other companies? Or since we've talked about dividends earlier, or are these companies returning cash to shareholders, like say in the form of dividends? And then we look at the overall business stability. But essentially what we're looking for here are companies that are expected to have a strong competitive position and business model that enables them to generate strong free cash flows. Companies that are led by a management team that has a good track record at deploying capital in high return investments and has a long runway of high return opportunities ahead. Great information, Larby. Now, is there any final words? A lot of volatility out there. Um, so any final words around dividends and investors and their portfolios? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think for, for, for our listeners, just try to block out the noise and stick to your long-term plan. There's so much news and opinions from TV, print, internet that impacts our emotions and thinking that, you know, causing us to focus on the short term when we're investing for the long term. And and this causes us to make mistakes, which often prove 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 not to not be great for for our long term financial goals. And I try to remember what I'm saving for, uh, whether it be my child's education, my retirement, and remember that it's years away, and that investing in high quality stocks over the long term will allow me to to reach those investment goals. So block out the noise and stick to your long-term plan that you've set with your uh, financial advisor. As they say, emotion runs market short-term, but over the long-term, it's fundamentals and dividends are a good fundamental play. So great information as always, Larby. Really appreciate you taking uh, time today to share your thoughts with the Advantage Investor listeners. Uh, hope you'll join us again. My pleasure, Chris. Looking forward to doing this again. Subscribe to The Advantage Investor on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. On behalf of Raymond James and The Advantage Investor, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.